You are listening to Ideas and Leaders podcast. I'm Elena Paventa, Executive Communication Coach and TEDx Organizer. With each episode, I'll share with you communication tips and ideas from top business leaders to help you excel in your career. Welcome to the next episode of Ideas and Leaders podcast. Today, I'm speaking with my dear friend, Dwayne Peterson. He's a social entrepreneur. He has experience in social responsible business, in campaign management, government service, and community involvement. He was chief of staff at Ben & Jerry's. He co-founded Suncommon, and he did many other amazing things. Hi, Dwayne. It's great to have you on Ideas and Leaders. It's great to see you. So, Dwayne, I, we met at, at Burning Man, and today I wanted to speak about what we can learn from Burning Man and uh, what we can learn from your amazing leadership experience. But first, tell us a little bit more about yourself, so about your business career and about why you started being a burner many years ago. I had six careers, so I'm just attracted to doing things that interest me and seem like they might be meaningful, they might contribute something, uh, they might be fun, they might be intellectually stimulated. So kind of wandered around and it's worked out for me. I wanted to get rich, that was never my goal. I always made a, a comfortable enough living uh, doing things that interested me and they thought might be worthwhile. So you started going to Burning Man, what, 17 years ago? And uh, you, you keep coming back there every year. So many of our listeners might not know what it is. Can you share and explain in your own words what this event is all about? I can try. So Burning Man is a pop-up city of 70,000 people in the desolate, arid desert of Nevada uh, in the western part of the United States. It's a pop-up city. And as a city, we have a hospital and a post office and a radio station and a fire department. It is a city. It's, I think, the ninth largest city in Nevada, the state of Nevada, that week. It's one week only. It's not a festival. It's not something that somebody else produces and people come as spectators. We build the city for and with each other. There's really only three rules. Don't hurt anyone. Don't hurt nature. And don't sell anything. And so within that rather rather broad expanse of freedom, there is an explosion of artistic creativity. And so people come and innovate uh, art through their fashion, through their transportation, through their dwellings, through art installations, music performances, art cars. It's a large expanse. It's over 10 square miles. Um, and so the public transit system for our city, it's called Black Rock City, 70,000 people, remember. Our public transit system is a series of 800 art cars, pieces of mobile art. And in order to get a permit from the DMV, the Department of Mutant Vehicles, one must affirm that uh, the owner of the art car will gift uh, rides to our fellow citizens. And so the whole thing is based on a gift 
economy. There's nothing for sale. There's nothing even for barter. So it is just people giving to each other expressions of artistic creativity um, and I'll say it, love. And that's very different from most of the cultures that we inhabit. And so it's a really, it's a place that draws uh, a lot of creative people, a lot of nurturing people, a lot of people who enjoy getting big stuff done. Yeah, it definitely sounds amazing when you describe it. And also uh, I, 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 my own experience proves that this is an amazing place. I know that also you're leading the camp that has, this year we had, what, almost 50 people in the camp, and uh, you've been doing it for many years. So what, what are the main challenges in leading such a group of people in such a such interesting environment? Challenges. Well, it helps. So this was our 17th year. So I've been doing it for a while. and. I and now a bunch of who have been coming for some years have it kind of dialed in. So I don't I don't really think of it as challenges. I think of it as just amazing opportunities to pull together a wonderful community of folks who are driven by the prospect of this jaw-dropping creed, of this gift economy, of this coming together for just a week. So it's true, camp of almost 50 people. We bring in, I think, 10,000 pounds of stuff. Again, if you want it there, you got to bring it. it there's, there's nothing provided in terms of food or water or drink or fuel or lodging or transportation. So we bring all that. And we bring that creatively and passionately and lovingly. And so part of that, the experience is get her done, bringing a lot of stuff and making not just survival, but thriving out in the middle of the desert. And so for a lot of us, that's actually part of the fun. This year we suffered a, a weather challenge that we didn't anticipate. And we, there's an expression in English, when you're served up lemons, create lemonade. We made bubbly lemonade. It was, it turned into a marvelous adventure, one that we didn't foresee, but completely pulled off. So it, it's kind of a magical experience that people who are drawn to it really enjoy. Now, let me be clear, it's not for everyone. My wife, I've been married for 33 years. She will have none of it. So it, it's absolutely not for everyone. And I get that. And so I, I don't try to force it on anybody, but I've made it available, I think, to a few hundred people who have come, who have camped with us over the years. And it, it's a meaningful experience for a lot of people. Yeah, I think that the most important is that you mentioned that everyone wants to contribute. Everyone wants to come because they see the same, the same benefits. That's why it is easy to manage and that's why you don't you don't see challenges but also you you have built an art car for for burning man it is quite a huge project so i i know about it so if maybe if you can tell a bit more about it and also you you did it with a group of artists of um, engineers and um, i'm interested so what was your motivation to do this uh, in the first place and also, how did you get all those people to be as motivated as you are and as committed and as passionate as you are and to, to, to pull that off? Pull that off, indeed. Well, so having participated at Burning Man for many years, I, I know and love the concept of these art cars. 
our camp built one quite a while ago, and it was a huge challenge and did not entirely work. And so I'd wanted to try it again uh, and, and pull it off, as you say. COVID got in the way. Uh, there was no Burning Man for those two years when all of our lives were were thrown into a tailspin. And and they're also pretty expensive. And I tried to raise the money and failed, but I sold the solar business that I started and ended up with more money than I ever thought I would. And so now was the time. So I gathered a bunch of artists here where I live in Vermont in the United States, and we kicked around a bunch of ideas and came up with this concept of a floating cloud bank. So the art car is called Fluffy, and it is it is that, a floating cloud bank. It's based on a 40-foot, what is that, a 10-and-a-half-meter uh, former school bus uh, with a wheelchair lift. And we cut it up and morphed it and clad it in clouds, uh, added a second story, added a dance pole, added a flamethrower. And so it is accessible public transit with the wheelchair lift and the handrails have Braille. It's an accessible public transit masquerading as a fluffy cloud bank. And we, about eight of us started noodling on it and kind of got the ball rolling. What I didn't see was that it attracted a whole bunch of other people. So it turned into a community art project and almost a hundred people worked on it, volunteered on it. Uh, most of whom had never been nor will never Burning Man, but they were just drawn to this kind of innovative, creative community art. And that that was among the many joys in, as you described, pulling it off. Yeah, I think this that's a leadership challenge, how to make people believe what we're believing because there, there was no art car in the beginning and uh, you had to somehow make them see the vision that you were seeing especially when people are not working for money how so when this is a non-profit project but in, in business as well when people are working for money it is hard sometimes to make people see see your vision i think that you're really good at this. So what would be your tips how to make people engage, how to make people passionate about certain project that we're doing, even if it is, you know, completely out of the box? Thinking about uh, this visit with you, I was noodling on the notion of leadership. And that sounds so pompous and so arrogant to describe oneself as a leader. And I, and I was trying to think of like, what, what could I share? Dawned on me, two things dawned on me. One, so Ben Cohen, one of the co-founders of Ben and Jerry's Ice Cream, hired me to help him run the company as a force for social change. And so I got to spend 12 years sharing an office with Ben and Jerry, and we tried to advance the concept of socially responsible business. And I learned a lot uh, from those guys and maybe contributed some. But one of the many things I learned from Ben who is regarded as, you know, a master marketer and an icon of alternative kind of business. And it dawned on me early that he just marketed to himself. He just did stuff that would appeal to him, that felt right, that kind of came from his energy and experience and creativity and joy just organically. And he lucked out because some people were drawn to that. And and it, and it dawned on me also that 
in the ice cream business, we didn't need 100% of the human food consuming public. We didn't even need 100% of the ice cream consuming public. We could build a very sizable company. I think Ben & Jerry's now does about a billion dollars a year in annual revenue. We could build a sizable enterprise with and for the people who got it and appreciated that. I mentioned before, as I was babbling about my alleged background, I, I worked a lot on political campaigns. And I learned on those in the United States, a political campaign on that Tuesday in November to win, the victor needs 50% plus one vote. So the notion of trying to appeal to everybody, to, to kind of watering down and, and dumbing down and lowest common denominator, all those kind of cliches, that's just it's no fun, but it also doesn't work. And instead, run with what I have, I'll speak for myself, run with what I have and what and what I like to do. And maybe some other people will see the joy and the beauty in it. And maybe we can pull together some people, maybe some money, maybe some resources and try to get something done. And so that was sort of rambling and it doesn't have a good tagline, but that's kind of the way I have rolled my whole life. And so I started go to burn, going to Burning Man because I just thought it was wonderful. And when I talked to some people about it, a lot of people didn't get it. And that's fine. Some people got it, but it's not for them. That's fine. Some people are like, whoa, that sounds, that sounds like something I would like to know more about. And so then through storytelling or, you know, drawing people in, pe people get exposed and some fraction are delighted. And that's kind of how I think I've always operated. Yeah, I really like it that we need to do something that just is, feels good for us, feels true for us, not necessarily trying to appeal to others or to be liked by others, but uh, just being uh, in line with ourselves. So that's great. And also I wanted to... to... If I may, the surprise is every now and then it kind of catches on. Like when Ben and Jerry started Ben and Jerry's, they never, they never anticipated that it would turn into a billion dollar company. They did it because they wanted to do this little thing uh, together. So I think it's important to do things with others whom we mm. trust and revere and maybe even love. And then, you know, and then, and then go with it and see where it goes. And sometimes they blow up. <laughs> sometimes they fizzle. You know, I've been part of abject failures and, and that's okay, you know, because there's a lot, there's a lot left to do. And so dust off and maybe learn from whatever that disaster was and, and make those mistakes again. But like, there's a lot to do. Right. And so, yeah, every, every now and then it clicks and that's, and, and some, sometimes that, that can be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you mentioned uh, human connection, and you mentioned those deep, you know, loving relationships uh, and helping others. This, which is part of the Burning Man culture. So, do you can you explain like why, it, in your opinion, it is a part of this event, and how we can have more of this in our everyday life? Well, I mean. For me, action is kind of all there is. I mean, I mentioned before, I never intended to get, I've always had housing. I've been able to go on a vacation or I've, I've led a comfortable life. 
but you know buying iron and and fancy watches was never my goal acting with other people to do interesting things and maybe meaningful things was and is sort of my goal and so as part of that i've been fortunate enough to get to interact with just marvelous people who have their own life experience and their own twists and turns and smarts and quirks and so i i just find it's a joy to interact with others and try to get uh, beautiful things done. And to me, that's kind of the point of life. And Burning Man is 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 very much that. And so in the middle of nowhere, we're creating a city, we're creating our little village. Um, we're trying to manifest joy and beauty and wonder. And so doing that together under those harsh circumstances, I think a, a total gift. And again, it attracts people attracted to that. Some people stumble in and didn't completely understand the variables and, and it doesn't work for them. And again, that's okay. We, we try to be nice to them and we try to, <laughs> we, we try to bubble wrap them, but it does attract people who are, are really enjoy working with others to create something beautiful. And uh, also, I think that because uh, of this harsh environment and because we are in this survival mode, um, we need to build things together. Uh, we need other humans to survive. Those um, bonds, they are definitely deeper. And that's why we have so many uh, great friends and good relationships from uh, from just one week in a, in a year. And uh, in uh, our everyday lives, I think in our business lives, we're so busy. We, we, we and we are very comfortable. We have support of technology. We don't like need other humans. So do you think that we can somehow bring this deep human connection into our everyday lives? And do you have any ideas or suggestions how we can do it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, two two kind of notions leap to mind. One is when things are done through a a desire for joy and beauty and wonder, and I'll say and with a small L, not sexual, but just love and respect and caring for each other, I, I think those are pretty powerful. And so in every business I've associated with, that's part of our deal. So I, I think we can absolutely bring those into our lives, and and I find great benefit in doing that. On the other hand, knowing we we got this, I, I don't care what you throw at us, and we're going to figure out in a way that is nurturing and respectful, and but we're we're going to survive, and we're even going to succeed. And I think COVID, the pandemic, when uh, my little business. Um, and I think we had 225 employees at the time. And all of a sudden, one day we were shut down by the government and sent home and no revenue. Whoa, none of us saw any of that coming. I mean, at the time I was thinking like, okay, zombie apocalypse, alien invasion, asteroid strike, global pandemic. Like those, those were all like not, not on my radar, but here we were. And so, okay. This sucks bad, and it's on us to figure it out. We've got people, a lot of families depending on us. 
we were in the clean energy business. The climate crisis didn't go away. Like, okay, here we go. And so that same kind of, you're in the middle of a desert and now, and now there's mud piling up and you cannot literally move from three square meters that you're in. And how are we not only going to survive, but thrive? And so I think that's that mentality is nurtured at Burning Man. And I think it applies to our business labs because, I don't know, stuff happens in business, right? I mean, supply chain, all pandemic, good God, but, you know, labor shortage, inflation, petition, you know, personnel issues, like, it, there's always stuff coming at us, and and so what? Like, what are we going to do about it, and how are we going to turn that into, again, not just surviving, but but thriving? So I, I think I think Burning Man is a great lesson and a great kind of experience towards that. Yeah, definitely, it's a great lesson of resilience and making lemonade out of lemons. So. So to sum up our conversation, what do you think uh, we can learn from uh, Burning Man as in our everyday life, for our you know families, for our business life? What what would be your main takeaways that we can leave our listeners with? Well, we we talked about two. One is get her done, lemons from lemonade, bubbly lemonade. The other one though is I. I just need to infuse everything I'm doing with joy and love. You know, you and I both know people who are dead. They're not, they're done. They're, I don't know what happens next, but I know they're not here. And instead I'm here talking to you and we're talking about things that matter. And so I try to use whatever I'm doing with joy and wonder and love. And one more time, you know, that that's weird for some people and it puts off others or just, trying to succeed and trying to get ahead. And that's fine. They they can go do that. But I find that active to some folks and then I get to hang around them and we get to work together and something uh, beautiful and meaningful. That's all I got. Yeah. Thanks, Dwayne. I remember that you shared with me your wisdom of infusing everything with joy at Burning Man. And this is one of the lessons that i remember so thank you very much for that and thank you for bringing it up again on the podcast so thank you very much for you know for a chat it, it was a pleasure catching up and uh, if you had you know one message to finish our uh, to, to leave our listeners with what would it be pursue what you want to do and and other people will to it and you can do beautiful things it's a little pre I've tried to do, and I've enjoyed my life so far. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Ideas and Leaders podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? Let me know that you listened by tagging me in your LinkedIn profile and using a hashtag Ideas and Leaders. See you in the next episode.